Good evening, and I'm excited that Pastor asked me to preach, and before this whole ordeal happened with the coronavirus and whatnot, he had already asked me to preach before we decided to cancel services. I'm happy for that, and hopefully you were able to listen to his sermon that he preached, which would have been for Sunday morning, and this one is going to be for Sunday evening, and I hope you're excited. I hope you're not down in the dumps about everything being shut down and being closed and maybe being shaken off your schedule. Uh, I know I'm pretty excited, and especially we just got done with missions conference last week or so, and it was exciting, and it stirred me in my spirit, and we had some great missionaries who came by. Scott Pauley, of course, preached, and I was just extremely encouraged by their lives, not just by what they came up here and said, but really by what they represent. And many of those people, we had Brent Halstead, who's missionary to Kenya. We had Timothy Mang, who's in Burma. And we had Jan Milton, who is a part of Operation Renewed Hope, helping people all around the world. And it was just so encouraging to me to see those people give their life to the Lord. And some of those things, uh, some of the things that they went through is really just amazing. And things that you maybe even read about uh, in missionary stories and books and trials and testings that they go through Uh, Just outstanding. And so with that in mind, I do want to make mention real quick about the faith promise. And faith promise, we took these up, of course. Uh, We are trying to see who is going to give what for the missions uh, conference. You are able to write down what you are planning and what God wants you to give for the coming year for missions. And of course, none of this goes to Gospel Baptist Church. 100% of everything that's taken up goes to missionaries like those three that were here and very proud and happy to be able to support them. So let's go ahead and get right into the message. James chapter number four. James chapter number four. We're going to start in verse number 13. This is something that's been on my mind not just since the whole coronavirus outbreak started, but it's been on my mind even before that, and I hope that it will be a blessing to you. And I hope that while you listen to this, I hope that you remove distractions. Even though we're not gathering together at Gospel Baptist Church in Bonita Springs, Florida today, I hope that you remove some distractions. Don't just turn this on and go and do the dishes and go and sweep the floor and do the laundry and have your cell phone. Take your cell phone, turn it off, put it in the other room, remove distractions because this deserves your attention. Not because Chris Barrows is preaching, but really because this is from God and this is God's word. And so hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. It'll challenge you, convict you, draw you closer to the Lord. So let's get into it. James chapter number four, starting in verse number 13. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Verse 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer just for a few moments and ask the Lord to help us as we look into his word for a little while. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for another opportunity that we're able to meet together. Even though we're not meeting physically today, we can still meet spiritually and in the name of Jesus. And we ask that in these next few moments as we look into your word that you would remove distractions from our mind, help us to get closer to you, and Really, really just speak to us in a mighty way today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now these verses, James is talking to a group of people and he really is kind of uh, playing hardball with them. And 
he, he just hits it right at the point in verse, verse number 13. Go to now ye that say. He says, hey, consider this, all you people that have plans, big plans for the future. And it seems like you're a little cocky, you're a little arrogant about it. He says, today or tomorrow, you plan on going into a, such a city and continuing there a year and buying and selling and get gain. He says, hey, beware, beware those you that think this way because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. This big ordeal that's happened with the coronavirus, it took everybody by surprise. I don't think there was anybody that really knew the extent of what was going to happen. We all had plans. We all had things that we were wanting to do. Maybe spiritual plans, maybe not. Who knows? But we all had plans. We had desires. We had things we wanted to do. And this put a big stop in many of those. I mean, right now you can't even, at least in our area, you can't even go to a restaurant and get something to eat because they've shut it down. Hey, your lunch plans have been canceled. Your dinner plans have been canceled. Many of the places that you would like to frequent, they're shut down and they're not allowing people to come in. Many people that have had jobs and scheduled work have been laid off because they're unable to come in for sake of health reasons. And from literally one day to the next, it seemed like everything was going fine and normal and as if it was going to continue that way. But to everybody's surprise, it came to a screeching halt. And here we are, not even able to really meet together physically. And we're all sitting at our homes trying to stay away from each other so we don't contaminate each one of us. But it caught us by surprise. We had plans, but this came right in our tracks and stopped those plans from happening. When I look at verse number 13, I think of the privilege of life, really the privilege of life. And sometimes we take it such for granted, the opportunity of this life that we have to live for the Lord. We just think that it's a guarantee. I think about the rich man in Luke chapter number 12. I'm going to turn there if you'd bear with me while I find my place there in Luke chapter number 12. We think of the rich man here who made some plans, but they didn't get fulfilled because God had other plans. Starting in verse number 16 here and through 21, it says, and he spake a parable, this is referring to Jesus saying, he spake a parable unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, I will, I, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say unto my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou, so, thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The rich man is a prime example of the type of person James is talking about. The rich man thought that he had years. These people he's talking to here in verse number 13, they're talking about a year or two years in advance where they just think it's a guarantee that they're going to go about their lives and accomplish the business that they want to. Hey, life is a privilege. I like to look at statistics. I have my phone here. And we're going to ask Siri a question. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. What is the average lifespan of an American? 
The answer I found is 78 years. 78 years is what Siri says. Who knows if she who knows if she's right? I don't know. But 78 years is what the average lifespan of an American is. 78 years. Now we all think about that. There's a few people who are in this room listening to this while I'm speaking and uh, you that are listening on your computers or phones or smart devices, whatever it may be, we almost have this idea that we're guaranteed those 78 years. But that's not the case. Because when you average in that 78 years and you take all the numbers, I mean, there's some people, yes, of course, yes, they've lived to 90 years old. I think we had brother, Azuk had a brother who just passed away. I think he was 97, 98 years old, something phenomenal like that. And wow, that's amazing. But then on the complete other end of the spectrum, there's people who die at 40. There's people who die at 50. They never make it to 78. Hey, there's young people that die at the age of five. There's little babies that moments after they're born, they leave this world spiritually. Nobody is guaranteed that 78 years, even though in our mind we think that we've got forever. That is simply not the case. I think about my two little boys If you're part of this church, you know that I have two sons. I have Mason and Owen. Mason's a little over two and a half years, and Owen, he's about nine months. And my wife and I, we we talk about this, and we try to think about it often, and I try to thank God every single day for my two boys. Because when I look at those two boys, I don't automatically think that I'm guaranteed that these two little boys are going to grow up and become teenagers, and that they're going to grow up and become adults, and I'm going to watch them go off to college, and that they're going to get married and have uh, children of their own. Hey, there is no guarantee, but somehow inside of us, it's our human nature to think that we have forever, but every day is a privilege from God. Every single day. It's a privilege. Do not take it for granted. Verse number 14, let's read it. It says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. What he's saying is, here's the reason why You shouldn't take life for granted. Here it is. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I had the privilege a few months ago to perform a memorial service for a man that had suddenly passed away. And we got a phone call at the church. Pastor Lytel was unable to do the funeral, so he uh, asked me if I'd be able to do it. And of course, um, I did. And of course, whenever, I, whenever we get the opportunity to perform a memorial service or a funeral service, I, you know, I, I like to inquire how the person passed away just so I can get a feel of the situation. And so in this, in this particular situation, the daughter said he woke up just like every other day. He went about his business. He went inside to take a shower and he had a massive heart attack while he was in the shower and never made it out of the shower. When I went over to the house where we were going to have this little tiny memorial service, I thought there'd be about two, three, four, five people there. I showed up and there was about 10 or 15 there. And soon after we got started, people just kept coming in the door. I'd say probably by the end of it, there was 25, 35, 45 people who were there. And each one of them with a stoic look on their face, surprised that this man who was in his late 60s had passed away. The family couldn't believe it because he wasn't in poor health. The neighbor, as we had a time of testimony where we could remember his life, neighbor 
the neighbor from across the street was there and he said, you know, the other day I just saw him and he was pulling his trash to the curb just like I was pulling my trash to the curb. And I remember, you know, day after day or week after week when we would do that, you know, I'd wave over, wave over to him, say hi. When he'd be coming down the driveway, uh, I'd wave to him and whatnot. And we would talk a little bit here and there. And it's a surprise to me that he's passed away. Life is unexpected. It ends in the blink of an eye. He says, what is your life? He gives a little illustration here. He says, it is even a vapor that appears for just a little time and vanisheth away. When I read this and getting ready for this memorial service, I thought about, we live here in Southwest Florida. We live very close to Fort Myers Airport, RSW. And just about any time of the day, you can go outside and you can look up into the sky and you can see white streaks going across the sky. What is that? Well, it's from airplanes, of course. And I Google searched many years ago and found out what that was. I thought for a while it was pollution, but I was wrong. Really, it is just water vapor going through the engine turbines and coming out. And that's what it leaves. It leaves a little white cloud behind. And you go out and sometimes you can even watch a jet as it goes across the sky and leaves that white trail behind it. You can watch that happen. And at that moment, it is, it is so vivid and so clear, the trail that is left behind. And you can go about your business and you can go inside. Maybe you go to school. Maybe you go to work. Maybe you get in your car and you drive down the road. And about 20, 30 minutes later, you look up and maybe it's still there, but it's faded off quite a bit. You go about your business a little more. You look back up in the sky. Next thing you know, it is completely gone with no trace whatsoever. That, my friend, is what our lives are. At the start, it's something that seems so strong and so vivid, but time goes by and it just vanishes away into nothing. We can't hold on to it if we want to. There's people that come to my mind. I've had a few opportunities, of course, being in the ministry here at Gospel Baptist Church, uh, that the Lord let me in on a few opportunities that opened my eyes about some things. One situation that opened my eyes was when Pastor Lytell and myself went, went to visit Hal Riffle in hospice. I did not know Hal Riffle, had no idea really who he was. I know that he was a prominent member in the church many years ago, but I really did not know much about him. And we got a call that he was in hospice, not meant much time to live. And I think on that particular day, it was either a Monday or it was a Wednesday. And Pastor Lytell and myself, we had some things that we were trying to get done and get accomplished at the church. And I'm going to be honest with you, it, a little, it irritated me a little bit to have to go down there and see him. Number one, I didn't know him. I had my own plans. I had my own things I wanted to do. And it was inconvenient, really, for me to take that 45 minutes to an hour to go down there, right down the road and go see him. So we go in there. And we walk into his room and we see him laying in his bed. And at that point in time, he was unconscious or just, it, just hanging in the balance between consciousness and unconsciousness. And we watched him there as he was shaking. And you could definitely sense that his time was coming to an end quickly. And at that moment, it seemed like God showed me something. He brought to my mind that 
at some point in time that that's going to be me. It's going to be me laying in that bed. And you know, some little old punk kid like myself, who it's inconvenient for him to come because he's got a lot of other stuff going on. He's going to come by and visit me. He doesn't know who I am. He's maybe just heard a few stories about old Chris. And maybe God will show him the same thing. That, hey, life goes by quick. Just recently, some stories uh, came up and Hal Riffle's name came up about things he used to do around at the church. And I found out that he was a part of putting the sprinkler system in at the church and out there in the field digging trenches, laying pipe for the sprinkler system. And sure enough, what was I doing right around that time? Oh, I was out there digging too. And I thought, wow, this is simply the cycle. Someday, just as they talk about how, they're going to talk about Chris Barrows. And they're going to talk about you who are listening to this today. And that's the way it goes. And a guy who was laying in that bed who could not even take care of himself, at one point in time was a very strong, very able-bodied individual. But life had been taken away from him faster than he imagined. And that's going to be all of us one day. I get the opportunity to do the nursing home. Now, when I first came to gospel, I came as a youth director. And of course, talking to pastor, I thought I was coming down to work with seniors in high school. And what I found out was, I guess I'm working with uh, senior citizens instead. And that's the kind of the way it worked out, and which is okay. And I get to go to the nursing home. I don't have to. I get to. It's a privilege to. At first, I wasn't real thrilled about it. But after I started doing it, wow, what a blessing. I, I personally think that everybody that possibly can should go to the nursing home and get involved in an elderly ministry of some sort. It opens your eyes. You get to see life. You get to see the end of life. You get to see how it's coming to a close. And as I go in there in the nursing home, I see, I see old ladies and old men come in in walkers, some in wheelchairs, some with canes, some that have to be led in, some that are really just out of their minds. And I think, wow, at one point in time, they were just like me. And they were just like you. But time has slipped away from them. It goes by so fast, it starts out and you think, wow, we've got so long, but really it goes by so, so fast. We've seen the privilege of life in verse 13, the brevity of life in verse 14, and now we're here at verse number 15. Here's what it says. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord will, I've got for point number three, the outlook on life, the outlook on life. When I was growing up, I grew up in a church very similar to Gospel Baptist Church, and it was a common saying with my mom and with many other people in the church, it was a common saying, if you're making plans and they'd say, oh, I'll see you at dinner later tonight, and they'd say, Lord willing, and I probably heard that a million times when I was growing up, and I kind of, it just kind of got annoying. Lord willing, Lord willing, Lord willing. And we just say it all the time. But it's biblical and it comes from this verse right here. For we ought to say, when we make plans, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. It's biblical because our outlook on life should be to consider God in every single little thing. Consider God in your plans. You have no idea 
what's going to happen? I had a teacher in high school. This teacher in high school, she said something at the time. I, I was not saved at the time. I was very immature at the time, and I couldn't even understand really what she was saying. I thought it was the most crazy thing I'd ever heard anybody say in my life. She, when she would leave school, she told us that there was two ways that she was able to get to her house from leaving the school. And she said that when she would get in her car and she would be driving it, uh, to leave the parking lot, she would ask God and she would pray and say, God, which way would you have for me to go home today? And I thought, what in the world is that? But what she was doing is even in the smallest area, in the smallest area of her life, she was considering God. I think about myself and that's not always the case. I think that's a very spiritual thing to do. She said that she would look on the news occasionally and she would see that a, a bad accident happened moments after she left in the same spot she would have been if she would have went that way. And she believed that the Lord saved her. I think there is something to that, but she considered God in every single area of life because there is no guarantee of tomorrow. Consider God, your outlook on life. Considering the Lord's will is actually going to keep you from sin because if you consider God in every decision about if he wills you to do this or that, you're not going to say, if, if you're thinking about going somewhere you shouldn't go, you're not going to say, oh, well, Lord willing. You're not going to pray and say, God, if this is your will, I'll do it. No, considering God, if it's his will, is going to keep you from sin. So we see the privilege of life, the brevity of life, the outlook on life. And number four here, the choices of life. Verse number, um, verse number 17, and we're going to jump down to that. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I've had many opportunities to do good, and I have missed them. I'm sure everybody who's listening, they has had that same opportunity to do good, but you miss them. Not because you couldn't. Not because you weren't prepared, really just because you did not want to. Bible calls that sin. As we have opportunity, do good. What's he saying? He says, you got these big plans for the future. You got plans that are years out. You're not considering God. You're boasting and you're rejoicing. Hey, that's evil. He says, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You think you've got all this time in the world. Your life is a vapor. It's vanishing from you and you don't even know it. He says, while you have opportunity, do good. Do good. Galatians 6.10, I believe, says, as you have therefore opportunity, do good unto all men, especially them of the household of faith. There's not always going to be an opportunity to do good. I can't name you all the people that I know that are not able to do what they used to be able to do. We can go around our church and we could list person after person who is not able to get involved in the bus ministry over here. But I guarantee you some of them would change that if they had time to go. If they could go back in time, they'd probably change that. We've got some folks that aren't very able to walk. I guarantee you that some of them would make some changes if they could go back in time and get involved in the door-to-door -door ministry that we do a couple times a month but they're unable to now. The opportunity has passed. Some of the ladies, some of the men, they'd get involved in many of the other ministries that we have available here, but time has slipped away from them. 
not only when he gets to the place where you're unable to physically, but there also comes a time of death when there is no more opportunity to do good. The time of opportunity is past. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether they be good or bad. I hope every single person who's listening to this today realizes that there's going to come a moment where they are going to see God face to face. And they're going to have to give an account of them to God for their lives. And everything that they're going to be done is going to be looked at before God, and it's going to be judged on whether it was good or whether it was bad. I know I have missed a lot of opportunities, so help me God that I don't miss any more that come my way. I hope you understand that life is a gift from God. It's not something to be taken for granted. It's not something to wake up every day and to squander the time that God has given us. It's something that we should take a hold of and we should run with. Thank God. Consider him in every single one of our plans. You say, well, some of this today sounds a little morbid. It sounds like all we're, we have is, is to get old and die feeble deaths. No, that's not the case. I know that I'm going to see Jesus face to face. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, getting old doesn't scare me. I know I'm 27 right now. And to some of you, that doesn't mean anything of what I'm saying. Who knows? I may go before you. You never know. We shouldn't look at this negatively. We should look at this positively because we have time to do good right now. Let's take opportunity to do it. We have the privilege of life, the brevity of life, the outlook on life, and the choices of life. Today, as I close, I'd like to ask you, even though we're not having a formal invitation here because nobody's here but a handful of people, But if God's speaking to you at this moment, why don't you remove the distractions from your mind? Hey, click pause on this and shut off the computer as soon as I close in a word of prayer here and get serious with God if he's dealing you with something. Hey, if you're not sure if you're saved, if this idea of death scares you because you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, I love the verse that says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's as simple as that. It's like my little boy, uh, occasionally when he was, when he was uh, learning to walk, he would occasionally get uh, in a predicament where he would need my help. He would crawl behind the couch and he would get stuck and he couldn't get out. And I, all of a sudden I would hear a faint cry, Daddy, 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 help me, help me. And of course, what would I do? Being a good father, I'd go over there and I'd get him out and I'd hug him, stop him from crying. Hey, that's what calling out on the Lord is. If you know that you're in need of a Savior, that you're a sinner, that without Christ you're going to die and go to hell, simply call out to God like my little son calls out to me when he needs help. Say, Jesus, save me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that you were buried, and that you rose again. Don't let this idea of the brevity of life scare you. May it, may it stir something up in you that you live for God every day and don't waste a moment. Let's pray. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach your word. Thank you for everybody around the world, really, who's listening to this message. And we ask that you speak to those hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 239- 
947-1285. Thank you and God bless.